It took a pandemic to get us back together. That's right, you're listening to Weg Fans, the semi-regular podcast dedicated to, but unaffiliated with, the greatest grocery store in America, Wegmans. Cheese plates, cured meats, easy meals, I feel complete. Italian classics, fresh organics, prepared foods to suit my moods. Carrot chips and catering, all the joy that food can bring. When you're a Weg fan, that's why I'm a Weg fan. You should be a Weg fan. It's time for the podcast for Weg fans. Yeah! Welcome to Weg fans. With me, as always, is the candy to my corn. John Serpico. Ah, Marcelo, my old friend, how are you? I'm doing well. It's been almost two years since we've put out an episode. Since season one. We're calling it season one. That was season one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> really, really, long, uh, really long break between seasons. You know what? High production value shows take a long time. Yeah, us and Atlanta. You yeah. know, we just <laughs> take our time, try to find the right material, and, you know, everything is going to be good. So my wife, uh, Kim, who you know, and maybe most of our listeners know, uh, asked me, I said, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm recording Weg fans, uh, uh, Weg fans today. She's like, when's the last time you and Marcella recorded that? And I was like, I don't know, like three, four months. And to hear you say two years makes me realize that time is meaningless. Two years <laughs> have gone by. We're two years older now. <laughs> like, good God. I'll do a quick recap. Two years ago, I went to our friend's wedding. And then we went to Wegmans, we put out a fun video, which is still on our social media and our YouTube, Mm -hmm. and uh, and then we got busy. Now we're back. One of the main reasons that, you know, besides hearing your sonorous voice, is that since... This whole thing started, the the pandemic started, grocery shopping has gotten serious. Like this trifle thing that we love has gotten serious. So I, I kind of want to hear about your grocery store journey, for lack of a better word, over the past almost seven months now. Like what NBA shuts down, Tom Hanks gets sick. Like what is your grocery shopping experience after that? Yeah, it's it, it's strange. I mean, that that's that's the big thing is it's just really really deeply strange. Everything is is different now. You know, my relationship with the Wegmans right down the street from me for the last several years has been it was, you know, a respite and I would go there for hours and I'd sit for a bit. I'd eat breakfast and then read a book and then shop and then eat lunch. I'd make a day of it, but because so, of this, so the old Wegmans was like your dorm cafeteria. You're like, I stay there for breakfast. Maybe I see some friends. Maybe I stay past lunch. We'll see what happens. That's exactly it. It's that it's that location. You know, it's that concept that Starbucks tried to. Well, they didn't try. They very much succeeded in creating that idea of the third location. Like you have your home, you have your office, and then you have this third location. And between those three locations, you're going to spend most of your time. For me, Wegmans was that. But really kind of the lockdown started in March. The The way that it kind of affected Wegmans was the way, frankly, it affected all the supermarkets, which was 
They were going to limit the people in the store. So you had to line up outside. And so it wasn't this casual thing where you could like run in, sit for a few minutes, eat something from the hot food bar, grab the two things you need and go home. This was really now an event and not, not a good one. You know, you had to don't go with two people, go with, go with one, you know, just go with you and have a list and be prepared to wait outside for an hour and then be prepared to shop for 20 minutes and then be prepared to wait in line to check out for an hour. So those two and a half to three whimsical hours I had turned into two and a half really harrowing hours. And keep in mind, all of this happened in like March and April when we we knew that obviously the pandemic was serious and we were all told to stay home. At least I, I was. I, I My day job when I'm not recording podcasts about food is work at a desk and I could do that anywhere. We knew back then that it was serious, but we didn't know how long it would last. And so that mix of this is serious and we don't yet know all the information made any gathering of people terrifying. That was that was my Wegmans experience. March and April was Wegmans is now terrifying. It was the biggest collection of people I would be surrounded with. And I was scared to be there. I definitely had that experience. I, I went the day after the, the NBA shut down. I was like, oh, this is real. I need to go to Costco because I was like, we don't have anything in this house. So I was like one of those took took leave off of work. Let's go. Let's go to Costco. And it was a terrifying experience. At one point, I was going to get bananas for my wife. And then all these people swarmed around me to also get bananas like, oh, guys, virus. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and it it was just and it, Costco was at least at that time was kind of a free for all. It was pretty weird. Was the but, NBA shutdown your moment, your, oh, crap, this is serious moment? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Like I had, we had gone, we had booked a trip to Hawaii in late February and we're like, should we go? Should we cancel it? And taking our cues from the f- local, <laughs> the state and federal government, we're like, I guess, I guess we can go. We got back and then like a week later, the NBA shut down. I was like, oh, no, this is this is bad. Maybe hopefully we didn't get sick when we traveled to Hawaii. So it was definitely definitely that the next day I was like, oh, this is for real. I live in Santa Clara County. So soon after that, we were the first area to have a shelter in place order. That's right. Yeah, because that was before anything national, before anything done at any of the state levels. Santa Clara County made national news was everyone stay home, stay in place, stay safe. I lost, uh, Kim and I lost a trip to Italy, saved for years. This was, you know, like one of those trips, trip of a lifetime kind of trips. And the thing that, it was supposed to be in April because we wanted to go before it was like high season in Italy and you have to wait like a million hours to see the Coliseum and stuff. We were like, okay, April's going to be perfect. It'll be a little warm. It'll be so nice. And, you know, things were getting worse in February and the, 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 this is real moment for us was we tried to go online to buy some masks because this was at a time when we were like, oh, it's okay. This is a big, scary disease, but we're going to get some masks and we're going to sit on the plane and have our vacation of a lifetime. And every single mask was, there was nowhere to buy a mask. And that was the moment where it's like, okay, 
This is real from an economic perspective. There, there are going to be global impacts of this. But the moment that real became real, like your, your NBA shutdown moment was when I was in Wegmans and there were no paper towels, no disinfectant, no toilet paper, no tissues. The only, I remember getting like a 200 pack of party napkins. Like that's what I bought instead of paper <laughs> towels was like a 200 pack of party napkins and like to, to see bare shelves at Wegmans, which is a place of abundance. That was the moment where I'm like, okay. And then it must've been, you know, a few days after that where it was somewhere around like mid March when my workplace closed and the state announced like big shutdowns. It was either a couple of days before or a couple of days after where there was that moment. And I said, all right, well, I don't know what's going on. And this is terrifying. So in those times of March and April, maybe even May, what was the most, was there a contentious purchase ha- in your house? So say something that you bought because you were in the uh, defensive mindset and Kim subsequently has made fun of you for the rest of the pandemic? <sighs> Man, that is a... That I'll, is a I'll, that, tell you, I'll tell you mine. I'll tell you mine yeah. so you can think about yours. Oh, I have one. I was just oh, shocked okay. at how quickly that knife went through the armor on me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the moment. But no, Marcelo, please, you first. I'm standing here in my basement recording because ergonomics. Yep. And next to me is a big storage bin, one of those black bins with random food that I purchased. And in the mindset of like, well, we're, we're going to need soup. Okay, this milk is not perishable. So here's this coconut milk that we have, things like that. And the number one thing that uh, my wife makes fun of me for purchasing, and I stand by it to this day, is there's a case of Spam. Wow. I'm not even ashamed of it. I, I'm from a tropical island where we're faced with hurricanes and all the, you know, type, we call them typhoons because we're hipster. Mm-hmm. And first thing my dad, I told my dad, I was like, dad. I got a case of spam. He's like, oh, good. Good boy. Good, good job. Way, way to provide for your family. You have a case of spam. You know what, though? That spam will outlive all of us. It's, <laughs> it's wholesome. Nitrates will keep it uh, well-preserved. It, it makes you feel safe. You're glad it's there. You know, and there's that kind of comforts in short supply these days. So if throwing some money at something will create that safety blanket, by all means. You've had some time. What yeah. What is yours? That uh... <laughs> So from a food purchase perspective, I have a truly shocking amount of Kool-Aid mix. <laughs> just, just a, just a galling <laughs> amount. <laughs> right next to me is a giant <laughs> cup of grape Kool-Aid. Okay. Okay. I have, Several follow-up questions. First, uh, was Kool-Aid something that you consumed on the regs in the pre-times? No. <laughs> okay, please please talk me through <laughs> the circumstances, your reasoning. You know, like that, N- like the NBA uh, lazy sports recorders? Yeah. Um, talk, about, talk about that purchase. Sure. I was at Wegmans and I bought a couple of them because um, now they're in liquid. You can get them in like the little liquid concentrate. Oh, like the drops? You can do yeah, the drops. like the drops. 
And so, you know, I remember buying them kind of when this all got started because, you know, there was just something in my mind. It's like, oh, Kool-Aid. Yeah, that harkens back to a simpler time. I'm going to get some Kool-Aid. And boy, it's so easy to mix now. And so I got it. And then the next time I was at Wegmans, they were out, like completely out of Kool-Aid. And there was something about drinking a like a, a, a delicious drink of my youth, being reacquainted with it, and then having it snatched away by a pandemic put me into like a panic purchase mode. And then I bought so much the next time I was there. And like, there's, there's some psychology to that to unpack it. Cause my grandma used to make che- a, a pitcher of cherry Kool-Aid and a pitcher of grape Kool-Aid and keep it in her fridge. And whenever I went to her house, I do like an Arnold Palmer of mixing like cherry and grape. And I, I think there was something about the comfort of that, that I like missed. It's really easy to feel like warm and safe and protected when you're at like your grandma's house. And this this drink signified that. And then like, I didn't have it because of like a global calamity. And so now I've got just, I can make right now gallons of it. Like right this second, give me five minutes and I can fill a bathtub with Kool-Aid. Ah, <laughs> oh, what privileged lives we lead. I know, uh, right? I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed that it seems that seven months in, other than Trader Joe's, nobody cares. I go to Costco. I go to Whole Foods. There's signs up for social distancing. There's sometimes there's a section saying clean carts here. And when you when you queue up to buy your groceries, there's the things, you know, there's dividers step here. But there's no more like queuing up outside. And part of me thinks like we're not doing that much better at least in California, than we were doing four months ago. Like, why is Trader Joe's the only place that's making me queue up outside? Is it because they have shorter ceilings? Like, I'm not a, I'm not a scientist, but I've just noticed that things have gotten lax everywhere except for Trader Joe's. Of course, now I only shop there at like eight thirty a.m. on a weekday because I don't want to, don't want to dedicate my whole day to it. Yeah. Have you noticed at your Wegmans like have things changed over time? Here's what happened after March and April. You know, March, like I went to Wegmans a number of times. I had to queue up outside for an hour. You walk the whole, uh, the holes, you walk the aisles, single file and in one direction. And then you wait a million years for checkout. And what happened was, and we could talk more about this later, like I caved and started doing Instacart. And so I didn't go to Wegmans for months because I just didn't want to spend hours and hours in my happy place with it being not happy. So we started doing Instacart and supplementing it with some like local, like the the local Italian food place near my house and stuff like that. And so months went by and then uh, I had to, so Cole, like the store Cole's, they're yeah, now yeah, like the, an Amazon the department store. Yeah, the department store. They're now like an Amazon drop-off location where if you have a return, you can like drop it off there instead of like putting it in one of those Amazon boxes or whatever. Or the Amazon lockers that sometimes you see. Sure, sure. Um, and there's a Kohl's next to Wegmans. And so I had to like return something to Amazon. I go to Kohl's and then I, I look at the Wegmans parking lot and I said, Yeah, you know what? This isn't that crowded. Let's see how long the line is. So I walk up to the front expecting to see maybe 20 or 30 people instead of 50 or 60. No line. So I had my mask on. I walked in. And yeah, 
aside from everybody wearing a mask, it looked perfectly normal in there. And this was, I don't know, July maybe? Sometime between like April and July, things just kind of got normal at Wegmans. The only the only thing in Wegmans now, there are two things that, that kind of remind me that the world is ending in Wegmans. One is I have never heard of the paper towels they're selling. Uh, and <laughs> like, oh, here's some boon tea. Yeah, it's it's uh, I don't know what it is. Like it, it's the kind of paper towels you would see on like supermarket sweep, like some fake towel, or like that you would see in like a tracking like, shot of like a, an action movie where they're like having a gunfight in a supermarket or something. It's like uh, the know. logo of something you'd buy on The Sims. Yeah, exactly. Just like the logo is just like a circle, you know, <laughs> circle brand paper towels. But and they're terrible, by the way. But, <laughs> uh, you know, so there's there's that. And also the prepared food section, everything is now prepackaged and pre-portioned. Like you can't no. just walk up and like put a dozen donuts in a box or like scoop some lo mein into uh, into a little container. It's like there are pre-portioned, like, eight-ounce containers of lo mein. There are individual donuts in individual bags with individual twist ties. And so, if you, if you can't put lo mein meatballs and some ribs on a plate and pay $10 a pound for it, like, what are we even doing here? The age of the mac and cheese Caesar salad is over. <laughs> and I hate that it's over. <laughs> All right, well, this has been Weg News. Weg News. Weg News. All right, it's time for your favorite part of the episode, where John Serpico gives us his review. Okay, so I wanted to do something a little different for this. And as I mentioned before, you know, I've been doing Wegman's Instacart once a week or every other week. But a few weeks ago, I saw something pop up on DoorDash, which is, hey, Wegmans is now on DoorDash. And DoorDash obviously is not Instacart. DoorDash is for restaurants. And so from the DoorDash perspective, Wegmans is now a restaurant. And so Kim and I decided to get like quite the feast from Wegmans. Okay, wait, so wait, back, back up, back up. So so, so DoorDash, right? Like that's like I can go back a yard, best Caribbean food in my area. They go, they pick it up, but it's a restaurant. So that means there are enough people, or at least in Wegman's estimation, there's enough people who are like, I miss the hot food so much that we're going to add a takeout business to our regular offerings. That is literally it. I guess it, after a few months, they realized that kind of the market was there. And so they essentially took their entire hot food section and put it on DoorDash like it was a restaurant. Wait, wait, open up your app. Open up your app. This is great radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, opening up my like, app. Like, walk me through. I mean, you don't have to walk me through the whole menu, obviously. But Marcelo, like, give... I'm going to walk you through the whole menu. No, no, no. We don't, <laughs> we don't have that kind of time. I have to make dinner soon. What is it like? Like, what are what are the local favorites or whatever? Like, give us a little taste of what's on DoorDash. Sure. So uh, I'm opening up the app now. They have featured items right at the top, which every restaurant has. Here are the featured items at uh, Wegmans. 
Tuscan fries, which come from like the burger station, a create your own wrap, sweet potato fries, a crunchy California roll, an ultimate chocolate cake slice, the cannoli chip and dip, which is, by the way, a whole, I have other thoughts on the cannoli chips and dip, cheesecake, veggie egg rolls, shrimp tempura, the the burger, you know, more sushi. So So it's all over the place. Sushi, burger stuff. Yeah. Italian food. Exactly. So at the Wegmans near me, the prepared food section has a sushi station, a burger bar, a pizza station. And again, with the burgers and the pizza, this is made to order. So you go and you order it. And with the pizza, it's like five minutes in the high heat oven or the burger. They give you a little like your table is ready, vibrating coaster thing. It's it's like you essentially have in my Wegmans a, a pizzeria and a burger place that surround a sushi station, all the grab-and-go, all of the hot food. They took all of those things and put them in DoorDash. Well, it makes sense, because they were basically mini restaurants within Wegmans. Exactly, yeah. So, like, the Burger Bar is a restaurant. And I would argue that the, the pizza place is a restaurant. So, really, where, where DoorDash shines with Wegmans is on those custom things. Like, you can get... The big pile of lo mein. You can get like the 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 pepperoni rolls, which are like pepperoni pizza egg roll things that are a whole deal. So you can get those things as you as you would if you were walking through the hot bar section. And what's great, and this is again where DoorDash is absolutely nailing it, is you can put in a custom sandwich order, a custom burger order, a custom pizza order. So it's not like they're just walking around and grabbing prepackaged stuff and putting it in a bag for you. So it's they're, a full restaurant experience, the same way you yeah. custom order a burger from Yield Burger Shop. Exactly right. So, so what, what what did uh, what did you order? Like, give us what you order. How was it? Rate the experience. So uh, I wanted to get a mix of customizable things and off the shelf things. So I got, I did a make your own sandwich. I got my favorite sandwich, which was just like a turkey and Swiss with shredded lettuce. And that was like, you know, customized. And then we got like a slice of cake, a couple of cookies, some sushi. And Kim got one hot thing. She got a chicken parm, like a chicken parm meal. You know, so it was a mix of like custom stuff and off the shelf stuff hot and cold because I wanted like a nice representative sample mm-hmm. and it it came in a bag all stapled up it was in the Wegmans to go bag so Wegmans to go is something that they've had for a while which is essentially just like a takeout service just for their prepared foods so right DoorDash, like oh it's a football season we're gonna put uh, some party subs in the to go section so people can just grab it and go yeah so they're, they're kind of plugged into the existing infrastructure of what could best be described as last-minute catering. You could call Wegmans for catering and, like, talk to someone and say, it's like, hey, I need, like, two sheet trays of pizza and a sandwich platter in 48 hours, and they'll be like, okay. But this is more along the lines of Wegmans employees will gather together a prepared foods order and put it in a bag for you. That's what Wegmans to go is. It's like really, really concise catering. And DoorDash kind of plugs into that. So the way I kind of saw it happening is a Wegmans employee kind of gets the order through DoorDash, puts in the sandwich order for you, 
goes and grabs the sushi, goes and grabs all the other stuff, puts it in a bag, racks it up on a shelf, and then a DoorDash employee goes in, picks up the sealed bag, and Ubers it to your house. Here's the part that's really interesting. There are a number of items they had that could be served hot or cold. That chicken parm meal that Kim got, that was like chicken parm, green beans, and mac and cheese, or something like that, Um, or side of spaghetti. You can get it cold, like just off the shelf, where they normally have it, or they'd heat it up for you there. And I thought that was really interesting, which means that part of the mechanism of Wegmans to go and DoorDash, there is now a Wegmans employee that will take like a prepackaged chicken parm meal, put it in a microwave for you there, and then put it in a bag so that DoorDash could take it to your house. So basically you felt like a Roman emperor. I did. I A part of me wanted to order a cold chicken parm and a hot chicken parm. <laughs> just because just you could. You're giving me the option. I should, I should have ordered like a cold, a hot, a cold, and a hot with a special order of like intersperse them so that they all come to me the same temperature in the end. <laughs> just to really use my power for evil. Okay. So... I want you to answer two questions. Yeah. One, rate the experience, and two, rate the food that you got. Yeah. Okay. The on a scale of now again, this is kind of within within the weight class here. Like a ten for this experience is not the same as a ten from the French Laundry or anything. But in terms of how good the experience possibly could have been, I would give it a solid seven on the experience. A couple of points off. For the fact that we learned that whatever you order, hot and cold, they're going to all put it in one bag. They're not going to divide up the bags into hot and cold, which meant that the sushi I ordered came in a little warm because it was, (laughs) you know, it's the uh, it's the it's why you never order a salad from a pizzeria because that salad's going to heat up nice on top of your pepperoni pizza. That's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big mess. If there was a hot bag and a cold bag. I probably would have rated it a nine. When you uh, were on the the app and you were making all your customizations, did you did you feel a little bit like you were at a Wegmans? Like, did you were you like in your mind be like, ooh, you know, there's there's Avatar Serpico picking out uh, mushrooms and pickles on his burger. I wish I could answer yes. I really oh. do. I wish I wish the fantasy was such that it was like. Johnny Mnemonic or the Matrix, and I was like in the machine, and I could imagine like a sprite version of myself walking through like a happy Wreck It Ralph Wegmans, you know. But yeah, I mean, I felt very much like I was sitting on my couch in my living room, staring at a computer screen. Okay, uh, they did have you everything, lied. though. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Let's 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 run it back. Let's run it back. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we have nothing if not our integrity. You know. <laughs> I felt like a child again, Marcelo. Look, like a wee babe. <laughs> two things I have. an integri- My integrity and a case of spam that I will never eat. And neither of them will ever let you down, Marcelo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so besides the sushi being warm, how's the food? So again, on a scale, uh, here's my scale of one to ten. One is inedible. Ten is me sitting in a Weichmann's. I'd call it a ten. Wow, that's yeah. so, that's great. I mean, aside from, again, the sushi coming up a little bit in the bag, 
I opened up my my turkey and Swiss sub, and in there was a turkey and Swiss sub. The slice of Wegman's carrot cake was exactly what it should have been. The cookies tasted like they were fresh. It was as if, you know, instead of putting it all on like an awesome brown plastic tray and eating it there, it was sitting on my dining room table. But yeah, it's if I closed my eyes and just focused on the food, it felt like Wegmans. Oh, well, that's great. And now it's time for the burning question. Every episode, we take on the burning question for you to consider and discuss among yourselves or with us on Twitter or Facebook. The burning question for you, uh, John, this week is Halloween's coming. What, if anything, do you think you're going to do? Well, first, I love your normal Halloween practice. So tell us a little bit about your normal Halloween practice. And what are you thinking about doing a few Saturdays from now? Sure. So my normal Halloween practice is I uh, I decided that when when Kim and I became homeowners that we were going to be a full size candy bar household. Baller. So baller. it's 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 the move you got to make. In my mind, you are when Homer when the Simpsons did a take on The Godfather and Homer's just walking around tasting things. In my mind, that's you in that white suit handing out full size <laughs> candy bars on Halloween. It's how it. It's how you feel. Like I felt like I felt like some mighty patriarch, you know, like sharing my wealth with uh, with my friends and neighbors. I just love it because I remember like the memories I had as a kid of trick or treating was those one or two houses in town that did the full size bars. And you're looking at it like you've never seen a candy bar in your life before. And when you see friends of yours, like walking up that street later, you're like, it's that house, the the house with the green door. They're doing full size bars. Like you're trading this information and it's so awesome. So I wanted to pay that forward. And, you know, my neighborhood's like, I live in a very dense city, but my neighborhood's fairly quiet. And so I don't get that many trick-or-treaters. So, you know, the full-size bars don't don't set me out much. So that's the plan normally. Uh, the past couple of years, I've been involved at a, a show at my home comedy theater, Improv Boston, called Gorefest, which is sure. this big bloody horror musical. And so for, you know, the last five years, I kind of alternate between either being at Improv Boston for this horror musical or being home slinging the full-size bars. And both traditions are great. The problem this year is that both traditions cannot happen. <laughs> There's really no way I can make it particularly special because you know, I don't think the city where I live has officially announced that there's no Halloween, but it's only a matter of time. So if I stayed home, I'd pretty much be like on my balcony, like with a little homemade catapult launching candy bars at a safe distance to whichever scoff laws were forgetting about the quarantine and like running out into the street. But I think what I'm going to do instead is uh, I'm going to head down to New Jersey. I've got two nieces in New Jersey and um, one of them is going to be about two and a quarter. And one of them just turned one and I will give them candy. (laughs) So that might be it. This might be a real boutique trick or treating experience for Lucy and Ellie in which I not only give them full size bars, I give them baskets. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about it. I was in Costco the other day and I, they had the they had the displays. They had the candy out. And I was like, 
oh, are we still doing this? Like, are we still going to do Halloween? So I really don't know what people are going to be doing. It's It's got to be a big bummer for, for her. Oh, I'm sure. It, it's going to be a big bummer for the kids that are just old enough to have gone trick-or-treating once. Oh, my gosh. You know, like if you're two or three years old, it doesn't matter. Every day is the same. But if you're like, whatever, six or seven, I don't know what age kids start trick-or-treating. This is is the point where everyone realizes that neither of us have kids. We don't have kids, yeah. Yeah. Um, But let's say it's six. That sounds about right. And like, so the first time trick-or-treating was first grade. And now you're in second grade. It's like, nope, hundreds of thousands of people are really, really sick right now. So no free candy for you. You're going to have to eat what's in the fridge. That's a that's a pretty bad blow. Now, at Costco, did they have the big bags or did they also have like the the bricks of the full size bars? Both. They had the variety pack, big bags of a bunch of different fun sizes. And they also had a variety pack boxes of full size candy bar. And it just boggled my mind. Like the only, I, yeah. the only one house in our neighborhood put up a giant uh, Mr. Oogie Boogie from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And that brightens my day when I walk by. So that makes me think, oh, I want to put up decorations. But then I was like, oh, I don't want children to come and get their biome on me and me get my biome on them. Well, I, you know, I think that there there is a joy in decorating for Halloween, even if there isn't a Halloween. Um, you know, just for you, you know, you're doing it just kind of for you at that point. I, I think I had that, these spooky lights. I say put them up. I say put them up and just in case get a bag of candy. And if what happens is you sit in your front yard staring at your own house, slowly crushing a bag of candy by yourself, so be it. That's Halloween this year. Oh, man. That sounds like a great, great, great day. So at minimum, you got that going for you. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been Weg Fans, the unaffiliated Wegmans fan cast. This episode has been edited by me, Marcelo. The full-size bar to my Halloween experience. All of our music was composed and performed by the great band Minus World. Check them out at MinusWorldBand.com or on Facebook at MinusWorldBand. The festive gourds that, uh, that take up the porch of my mind. And of course, as always, big thanks to repatriated man Dan Chapman back in New England for wishing this podcast into existence. Dan Chapman is the Dan Chapman of my life. Want more WEG fans in your life? Follow us on Facebook at WEG fans Podcast, on Twitter at WEG underscore fans, and our email is WEGFANSPODCAST at gmail.com. To get new episodes automatically, subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts in the iTunes Store, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, except for Spotify. They won't put us up for some reason. And while you're there, rate and review us. Hopefully, it's a great rating. We've earned it. All right, that's all for this week. Say goodbye to the people, John. Goodbye to the people, John. Salad.